0: Thank you for tuning in to the Black Money Tree podcast, hosted by entrepreneur, investor, and philanthropist, Jerome D. Love. We are committed to teaching
1: you how to build wealth so that you can build your community. At the Black Money Tree,
0: our goal is to empower wealth creation and create economic self-sufficiency in order to empower generations to come. Society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never enjoy. Powered by Wells Fargo Bank. Welcome to the Black Money Tree podcast. Welcome to season 2 of the Black Money Tree podcast. I'm your host Jerome D Love and I'm so excited about this initiative about this movement at the Black Money Tree. We are committed to helping you build wealth because we know that that's critical for building our community. This year, our theme is boom. Boom is building our own marketplace. Mm. You know, they say it's a black boom going on. Look at the statistics. A lot of African-Americans were let go, lost their jobs during COVID, and they are now launching their own businesses. So we're providing tools and resources to help them not just start a business, but to stay in business. And I'm really excited about today because there's a lot of different paths to building wealth and starting a successful business. And today we have someone who's an entrepreneur, Uh, he worked in corporate America, but he was also building his business. One of the most recognizable names and face in the southern unit yes maybe even nationally specifically <laughs> in the area of radio and dj we have none other than mr mad hatter well, thank so you thank you me. mad hatter for joining us Absolutely. on the black money tree podcast i'm
1: glad you mentioned all the statistics about blacks because oftentimes you only see negative statistics as it concerns blacks blacks are not doing well financially blacks are not doing fine uh educationally it's good to hear somebody with a positive statistic About black people, so thank you. Yeah, I'm glad you started off by saying that because you know what, as as, as the more that they hear positive information infused in their brain, and they're getting that in there, they know that they have the ability to achieve. Yeah. When you keep hearing the negatives, you have a tendency to perpetuate the negative information you're receiving.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, and and that's one of the reasons why we're doing the Black Money Podcast, uh, the Black Money Tree Podcast, is to get that information out there too highlight different peoples. One of the things that we started a a program with Black Expo some years ago called the Aspire Youth Entrepreneur Summer Camp. Mm -hmm. And one of the things when you look at statistics, African American businesses shut down at a higher rate, but part of it isn't because of their inability, it's because of the choices in business. They, mm. they go for the t-shirt shops, the restaurants, and a lot of service-based businesses which have a higher attrition rate. You gotcha. know, So we were very strategic about bringing in individuals that represented different types of industries and businesses so they could be exposed to something greater than the barber shop, the nail shop, the mm-hmm. t-shirt shop, or, you know, trying to be open a record label, you know, okay. something yeah, okay. like that. And we're going to talk about that. Which I, I did. Got <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about it. Growing up, you were from Tennessee? No, no, no. I'm from North Carolina. Alabama.
1: North Carolina. I'm from okay, so. North somewhere Carolina. There. Okay. Uh, place called, I was born on Fort Bragg. Whole okay. family is military. Okay. Uh, and that's where I'm from. That's okay. where I call home.
0: So what were you exposed to in terms of wealth, entrepreneurship growing up? I was
1: not. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm probably like most families there they're you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. hate to use that expression, but yeah. it's the truth. Uh when my my father was, you know, infantry man, you know, it's not like you bring home a million dollars per year with that kind of a job. My mom had you know, jobs where she was just doing the best that she could as well. Um and I don't know where I picked it up from. I think at a young age I just decided I didn't want to be broke and I wanted to make sure if my mother wanted it she didn't have to cry for it she could get it and i could provide it for her. Yeah. so that was always my motivation is to make sure i always had enough and if she asked i could provide it for her. so high school
0: graduate went to college or did you go military
1: i did no I, if it wasn't for music i probably would have went into the military okay. i i liked the structure of the military i'm a military kid so i got this you know i got to do some traveling some of the benefits of the military as a child, seeing that coming up, I I enjoyed that. So I probably would have went into the military had it not been for music, but I was interested in music uh, and somehow fell into a black university, North Carolina A&T, Aggie okay. Pride, and uh, graduated uh, from there with a bachelor's Obviously, in broadcasting with a minor in business.
0: So, how did interesting fact? I don't think I ever told you this. When I started at the University of Texas at Austin, I was an RTF major. Okay, radio, television, film. Wow, I wanted to be a DJ. What started? You did the right thing. You did the right thing. (laughs) I. They used to have an event called Soul Night, Mm -hmm. and when I said I wanted to be a DJ, I didn't really know what that meant. Be honest with you, I Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of saw myself on the radio. But there was a DJ doing the music. Mm -hmm. So I went up and I said, Hey, I want to be a DJ, you know? And he said, Okay, there's a station in Austin, you heard of it, 88.7 KZI. He said, I know the general manager, Steve Savage. He Mm -hmm. said, Go up there. I called Steve, and I guess DJ is a pretty popular job that most people want to do. Okay. So he was used to everybody saying they want to be a DJ. All right. He said, Okay, you want to be a DJ? Meet me, whatever the day was, tomorrow morning, 5 a.m. I was there at 5 a.m. Okay. He's like, okay. That's and a good then, start. Then he say, okay, next Monday, be here at 4 a.m. I was there at 4 a.m. Okay. Uh, so, so far, next so good. time, he says, meet me. And he was training me when I was getting in. He started showing. Next time, he say, come in at 5 a.m. I go in at 5 a.m. 510 he left and left me in charge of the whole station you know oh, wow. now kzi is a community radio station Absolutely. so they always try to find people and stuff like that mm-hmm. and he was a general manager so he was basically having to fill in whenever there wasn't a dj Absolutely. he didn't want to get up at 5 a.m so in he the morning to find yeah and so he was that. like okay i got a dude who gonna show up so he went home and left me djing okay now byron davis who was the, the dj at the party who referred me as well he started taking me out to his gigs so Texas Relay weekend, I'm at all the parties where you're supposed to be 21, getting in, I'm only 18, I'm okay. on stage, I'm DJing. So all that loving all this. Now, I chose to change my major because uh, at University of Texas at Austin, they focus more on film than they do radio. Mm-hmm. And I was already DJing on the radio stations. I said, I don't need a degree to do what I want to do on radio. I mm-hmm. want to be entrepreneurial or something along those lines. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why I switched. Okay. Now, talk about you. How did you get into... The the, the DJ and you broadcast and- Yeah, I was always
1: interested in music from day since I can remember being my mom said when she used to play music in her womb I would bounce to the music and that would always soothe me. I was always a music guy, always interested in music. I was the guy in the neighborhood everybody knew me for music when hip hop you know, got really, really big in the neighborhood. I was one of the first ones doing it. I was one of the first ones scratching, did a little b-boying okay, trying to break okay. names. Wasn't great, but you know, everybody got to start somewhere. And when I went to college, I'll be honest with you, I thought I would end up in New York being a producer, you know, cause I was enthralled with Teddy Riley and all these guys. So I knew I would make my way there. But something about broadcasting, I wanted to understand why the radio station would play the songs that they played. because when I was growing up, there were songs that they would not play. So I wanted to understand the politics in that. And that's why I majored in broadcasting as well, because uh, I was still doing music at the time. I was in groups on campus and, or DJing parties or something like that. And uh, I, I kind of just fell into radio. And really started like you know what i can probably but it was business for me yeah. I, I i didn't look at it as as this is a great career i looked at it as i bet if the white guys can make a lot of money doing this i can make just as much if not more being black doing this you know i was yeah. a young guy i didn't know but that's what yeah. it looked like to me so unfortunately i got into it because of my need to make sure that I could make money and take care of my mom. So it always had a money base for me, not fun and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love music, wanted to be around it. And that was also part of it too, sounds bad, but I didn't want to dress up. Like you a nice looking guy, (laughs) you like to dress up, you see me. This is my, I don't want to dress a thermal shirt and some shorts is what I wanted to do. So I know I needed to go in an industry that would not necessarily require me to dress up as well. So that was the motive. I know that sounds like a real amazing motivation, (laughs) but I figured I could make a lot of money and dress however I wanted to dress. And that was the motivating factor. And I was really totally into it too though. I would, I started doing research and started becoming just a radio junkie about, and I found out about all the old school broadcasters. Then I learned some a woman the woman that hired me at the uh college radio station excuse me she gave me the name mad hatter i didn't really want it and then i would learn years later there were all there was already a mad hatter who was a big shot in the industry and uh it was almost like the mafia i had to get permission to continue on with the name. So we... we so was, why
0: did she... That's interesting. Why did she name oh, cause you I, that? Oh, because
1: in college, I always wore these Run DMC hats. I okay. Was, I was one of those kids. You know how liners line is? Had a yeah. blanket. Yeah, yeah. I was... You know, my family was a hat family, which is ironic. I don't have on a hat today. I usually do. Uh, but... I was just from a hat family, and there was always a hat on my head. I was as bad as, there was hats I would take showers and hats just for the cold, hats when I would play basketball, hats. Okay. It, was, it was over the top, so I okay. think people thought something was wrong with my head. I was just yeah. really a hat <laughs> person. So she was like, she noticed this immediately, like, you should call yourself the Mad Hatter. I'm like, that's dumb. And she said, if you do that though, I could actually probably consider putting you on the air. I'm like, wait a minute now, that wasn't the goal here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
1: if you're gonna give me a, you know, some radio yeah, time, yeah. and I can play the music that I wanna play, I'm all in on this yeah. thing. So she gave me that name and then it kind of moved really fast, my yeah. career. And, you know, I always told myself I would change the name one day to something. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the Just career. That. Yeah. And okay. when people start getting, you know, it's like a business card. When people yeah. start knowing your name, doing a particular thing, um, you got to stick with it. Like I said, I was ordained, so to speak, yeah. in a very mafia type ceremony to continue using the name. And after that meeting, I changed
0: the spelling of my so, name. So let's talk about it. you. You are a Houston legend, somewhat of an well, icon. Um, well, if you How say did you say make something? your way to Houston? You know, because um, when you say hip hop, Houston, Texas, Mad Hatter is right there with Ghetto Boys Well, and thank you. UGK That's nice of you to say. And I, and I, I can't say that, but if yeah. you say it, yeah.
1: uh, I, I'll take it and run yeah. with it. But uh, I got here, I was always like I said, I was a radio fanatic and I got to the point after one year of working at the big radio station where I was living in feeling like in the Carolinas. Okay. I was at a radio station called one two jams. Uh, I was doing what they call nights working. Like, uh, I think it was seven to 11 I was working and I just got to the point where I felt that <laughs> my talents, I needed to take my talents elsewhere. So yeah, to speak yeah, like yeah. LeBron James back Beach. in the day. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Young brother by the name of Rick Party was one of the few black jocks who I thought was great at the time, and I didn't know him to this day. He's really responsible for my career, and I probably have only talked to him three or four times. But he was a, a definitive role in as to why I had the career or had the career that I had. And uh, I wrote him a little fanboy letter, like, "Man, I, I love everything you do," which is real hard for us black men to give another yeah, black yeah, man yeah. props, which we need to embrace that more. And uh, sent him a little letter and told him how much he was great. He hit me back and said, hey, man, just keep doing what you do. Stay honest. And uh, a year later, I, I hit him again and said, man, I, I really love to go work in Dallas at this radio station. It was another 102 Jams type station or 103 Jams. And he like, nah, there's this brother by the name of Ernie Jackson, who's the general manager oh, yeah. for Magic 102. Yeah. He said, man, you should try to go work for Ernie. I'm going to give you all this information. Tell him that Rick hit you. I sent Ernie this crazy package, wrapped it up like it was a Christmas present, did a crazy video of me working on the air, (laughs) did my resume like it was a newspaper and usually the protocol is to send it to a program director. I sent it to the general manager. So I skipped protocol. And that's yeah. been the story of my life, skipping protocol. Yeah. Sent it to Ernie. And I guess that's the end of the story. Mr. Jackson brought me in and all that stuff changed, you know, changed my life.
0: Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about one of the things you, you said that really stuck with me. You talked about how you was always focused on the business and the money oh, aspect was. of oh. it. Now, <laughs> once again, you have been exposed to, you name it, you know, from your your, your Drakes to your, I'm not, uh, usher uh, you, yeah, you just sure. name a person. You probably got them in your phone. You done interviewed them. I do not you call none them. of these people, but it was nice you, to meet you've them. You've been at all the, the parties and all of the stuff yeah, around sure. it, but you focus on your business. Now, I'm not sure how long you were with the station, but- you recently transitioned, and it, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say it wasn't a big deal, but I know you're still running things. You got businesses, you got other <laughs> stuff going on. Talk about how you were focused on the business uh, and, and and ultimately the under, you didn't get caught up in the hype. Talk a little bit about that. Oh, I never
1: thought about it like that. I was one of those, one, I don't never want to put myself in a position where someone else can control me. And generally what happens in, at any job if I pay you, there's a certain amount of control that goes into that. It was always important along the way in my journey that I was, uh, it was clear that you did not control me. And that I could step away at any moment. I didn't have any of the vices that most people have when they're in the entertainment industry, be it drugs, women, whatever, whatever, whatever. I didn't have any of those vices because I was always totally focused on the cash flow. I'm not saying that that's right, by the way, because you miss a lot. You miss a lot of hanging out, making friends. I was totally dedicated to what can I do to increase my finances at all times. Uh, And again, it, it, it does take away from other things. But because of that, you know, I was I was always doing these side endeavors. Yes, I'm just like every other person. I started a record company. Uh, it was Mr. Mad. It was it was semi successful. I signed Paul Wall, Millionaire, Fifty Fifty Twin, Shay Atkins, Gary Mays on the gospel side. So the label was called Paid in Full Entertainment. Uh it was that's a biblical name. It's also not just being biblical, biblical, it's also saying when the bill is paid is Paid in full. Yeah. Uh, We had the other side called Soul Music, which we put the uh, gospel artists on. I've done that. I've done the magazines. I've done, if you name it, on the musical side, I've done it. Publishing, royalties, all that stuff on that side. And just was, I never looked at it. When I started those things, I kind of one of those people, I wake up in the morning like, oh, okay, I'm just going to do that. And I start doing it. There's not really a true plan, but at the same time, I don't think of myself as a true entrepreneur. I have a friend named Jay. Jay has a gym. Jay's been doing this for 20 plus years. When you have to kill what you eat, so to speak, to me, that's the true entrepreneur. I always had the backup of, I got a job over here. Not saying that I didn't treat those like a business as an entrepreneur, but it was opportunities for me to just give my friends employment And so I never, like to this day, I've never really received money from the company. I probably need to sue the company, but I've never really been paid as an artist or anything like that because I never looked at it as something that I should be receiving payment for. I know that sounds crazy, uh, but I just always been interested in things. And if I was interested in it and it was surrounding music, I did it also, you know, interested. I'm like every other entrepreneur, Uh, I fell into houses and yeah. that was totally accidental because I had a girlfriend at the time. Her family had properties. I'm like, oh, I guess I should be buying properties. They had a few. I'll take two. You yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> it, it, so my whole life, a, a lot of things were very accidental. So, uh, yes, I'm entrepreneurial, but I, I, I just feel like I fell into those things on accident. And uh, I had a, a salary that could facilitate these movements. And I was very, um, I was very cheap. I saved yeah. like yeah. everything that I got. I saved. I paid off everything. You know, a lot of times people will tell you that, you know, don't pay off your home. I didn't believe in that. If I'm living it, I'm gonna pay it off. So my mama house paid the properties I own paid. cars. I, if I had everything you see, if you see me with it, it's paid. And I've always been that way. People tell you not to save. You know, you should be investing your money in this and that. And I invest my money as well. Uh, all this is accidental though. I've never went to some money management person or something like that. It just seemed like, Oh, I should let me get some Apple stock. If I use it, whatever that watch is, whatever this equipment is, I looked at the name brands and let me look and see how it was happening. what's popping on their stocks. Oh, they got this saved up. They've been doing this for the last two, three, four years. And I would just Invested. I, I don't know why, sir. Yeah. Mr. Love, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. It was all this is accidental. But again, I don't feel like I'm a true entrepreneur. That's a person to me. You wake up in the morning, there's nothing for you to fall back on. There is no job for you to fall back on. You're totally doing it because this is a feeling that you got in the pit of your stomach. I don't care if it is the gym or the record label or whatever it is. You just have this dream. You have to do it. Yeah. And the only way for you to survive. Is, and I call it, you know, you have to kill what you eat. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't, you starve. Yeah, yeah. So I always admire the entrepreneurs. Yeah. Particularly all entrepreneurs, but particularly black entrepreneurs, because it's, it's actually harder. You know, not only do you need to, you, you might have to get the bank to give you money. Most of us don't have the opportunity to go to a bank and get that money because you like, I have a dream. I have no collateral. But I need about 50,000 to get started. Yeah. The bank is going to look at you like, bro. yeah, we, yeah, we, we can't help you. Yeah. you know So uh, the folks that have done that and have been successful, and even those that have been unsuccessful, I still take off my hat and I salute them because just to have the courage to step out of your space and say, I'm going for it. I just think that's big, man. So yeah. I love all entrepreneurs, man. Just to be able to do that is big.
0: Well, I, and let me just say this. First off, you are an entrepreneur. You're an excellent entrepreneur. Now, in terms of the way you explain it, I get what you're saying. And you know, I've always been jealous of people like you. I've never had that (laughs) savings. I've never had that income. Everything I've done has been jumping out the airplane and just, and that's why, and that's that's why I salute you, man. That's why I salute you, man. (laughs) But let me just tell you this. I remember the first year we did black expo and we had 200 some vendors, the mayors, there all these people. And I'm in there and, I really don't know how I did it. You know what I'm saying? It was just pure aggression and hustle. Yeah. I didn't have an MBA. Didn't really have a solid plan. And I didn't feel like, it's just going to sound weird. It was like, I didn't do this. You know, it was like, mm. I was, so-and-so helped me. This person mm. helped. And it wasn't a tool. Uh, my pastor looked. He said, Jerome, I don't care if you don't make one dime. You have done something amazing. You brought this whole city together. You got hundreds of business. You know how many people have tried to do something like this? Yeah. And you did it, first shot, not even living in the city. I lived in Austin at the time. Oh, really? I was moving to Houston at wow. the time. Wow, that's big. So, and bottom line, I had to embrace and claim, you know, kind of, oh, man, I am an entrepreneur. You know, oh, I wouldn't have,
1: it, I wouldn't even have known that if you had not told me. Yeah. Because, yeah again, you have to come through with a certain amount of confidence to make yeah. me believe that you yeah. can execute what you said yeah. that yeah. you're trying to execute. So I wouldn't have known that because you've always held yourself in yep. such a way that I didn't, d- I didn't doubt that you were doing or going to do yeah. what you said you was gonna do. Well, it's so it's funny like, to hear that at this point. But the
0: point, the part of the reason I say that is you said you fell into things. So, let me tell you another story. So, how did I start the Black Expo? I was in real estate. Mm -hmm. very first house that I sold in real estate was by a wealthy white man, uh, 48, 49. I Mm -hmm. was 24. Uh, He just called me one day and says, man, I really like the way you operate. He said, you ever have any business deals, I'll put up the money and you do the legwork. He gave me $42,000 on a handshake, a white man, and that's how I started Black Expo. Now, I can say I fell into that, but...
1: No, your character. It was your character. He said, I
0: like the way you operate. You always return. You work at the da-da-da. So I'm saying that to say the stuff you say you fell into. I'm
1: jealous of you. Because somebody has to see something. One, and this is the part that I missed out on still to this day, and I wish I had one, a mentor. Somebody has to believe that you can. You understand what I'm saying? And if you don't usually have somebody above you that can see something in you and that's in every organization that's if you work for somebody else I wouldn't have achieved all that I've achieved in radio if there wouldn't higher ups that believed in my skill set yeah. you understand what I'm saying even yeah. for me to continue like when I when the day came and I, I quit trust me the company wasn't sitting there like cheering like all right we don't got to pay this guy no more yeah. it was like okay what do we do now yeah. You know, so I salute them. So you have to have these. You have to have somebody that sees something in you. Like, ain't nobody just giving you forty two because yeah. you're a good looking yeah, 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 guy yeah. and yeah. your mouthpiece works pretty good. They actually believe that you yeah. can execute what you say you can execute.
0: Yeah. Now check this out. It was funny. Some years later, because I actually lost that money. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> He's a friend of mine to this day. We've done other business deals. He told me some. I'm years sure you paid later. him back. Yeah, yeah. He got his money back. Uh, I lost it at the he didn't Come back yeah. quite as quickly as we <laughs> hope. But uh, he tells me some years later, he said, you know, when I told you that I was thinking real estate because I was his realtor. So he was kind of like, let's go buy some house, flip some house. He had no idea. I was ready to come and say, how about we start a black expo? He didn't know what a black expo was. Right. But he believed in me, you know, to your point. So for me, the things that you say you fell into what happened stands. I would say it's that military background. It's your structure, it's your discipline, it's your hustle, it's your work ethic that led you down to that path. It may seem like you I'll fell re- into re- it. I'll receive that. I'll, yeah. re- I'll receive that. So, talk about this. So, everybody wants to be famous. Mm-hmm. Instagram, social media has made it real easy nowadays. But once again, most ain't focused on the money. The finance. What is it for? You don't just want people to know your name, just know your name. You want them to know your name so they can give you a bigger So check. you can monetize the name. So Absolutely. talk about what is the advice you give to someone trying to start a business in the music industry or entertainment uh, to help them to stay focused on building their wealth ooh. and not getting caught up in, ooh, people know my name. That's a good
1: question. Uh, I here, the, you know what the funny thing is? I never was in this business because I wanted to be famous yeah. or be somebody. Uh, I never liked that, you know, because I'm a very, I'm kind of not that I'm private. I just know that my temperament is 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 can be questionable at times. So you know, when you come from a certain background or the hood you're just always on guard yeah so every friendly face ain't friendly so you have to transition that mindset into hey you know you're this person people like you so embrace it if you're in the k roger and somebody speaks to you don't you know shoulders get go back and get ready to go into a fight stance yeah. it's a love stance instead yeah. It it took me a long time to embrace the love aspect of the job uh, but I would just tell anybody, if you feel something, do it and watch out for the naysayers as well. There will always sometimes the naysayers can be your family members. It can be your best friend. I think you just got to do it. Don't worry. I think most entrepreneurs just get up and start doing it. Yeah. They may not even have a clear plan. Now, I'm a big believer in you should have a plan. But most of the entrepreneurs that I've known who've been pretty successful, they didn't have the whole plan drawn up they just knew that they wanted to do this they had a passion for it I will tell people passion purpose and if what you're doing you're doing it because it helps other people I think it works out that's my personal belief I think sometimes the person who's doing it because you just totally want to be about your money I think that you will fail if you're doing something that you can figure out a way for other people to live off your purpose a lot of times they the money will be found. I don't know how, why the world operates that way, but it seems to me just like take Steve jobs and what he's done at Apple. He found purpose in the stuff that he was making for people. Now he has one of the biggest products RIP to him, but he has one of the biggest products. We all use his phone. We all started using the things that you can do with his phone. And who would have known 10 plus years ago that now it's an integral part of our lives. So, you know, I think when you just go into things with passion, purpose, I think everything works itself out.
0: And it's interesting you said that, and this will be the last question because I know the little red light over there is blinking. Oh, yeah. But
1: Oh, that's her name? Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so <laughs> when you talk about having a bigger purpose and doing what you do and understanding that it helps someone else, uh, because of your discipline, because of your focus on building your wealth, You Most people don't know, you actually adopted, I believe, two daughters. Yeah, yes. And I would imagine if you didn't have the resources, you would not have been able to adopt those daughters. So I say that to say, when you build wealth, it not only helps you, but it helps others. Now, I don't know all the details and all the situation, all the circumstances, but... I don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, but because you were secure, it's like when you get an airplane, you put your mask on, then you help the person next to you. And if you're not helping yourself, you can't help others. And so I think sometimes when people get consumed with just having stuff for them or therefore no more, they're being selfish, you know, because we have a whole community. We can identify all the problems in our communities, but what are we doing to really help if we're not putting ourselves in a position to be able to help and we can't help if we're not taken care of. So talk about that. Do that's you agree inter- with that? That's that's interesting. I I did not look at
1: my situation as a money situation. I looked at it as these two beautiful girls um that you know were connected to me one way or the other. Uh that I wanted them to be in a better situation. Yeah. Uh might that be because I was in a better financial position? Maybe, now that you've brought it up, I've never thought about it like that. I totally was naive into going at this, and I looked at these two young ladies and the situation that they were in, and I just figured I could provide them an opportunity that even in my youth was not provided for me. And I totally just looked at it like that. I I did not sit there saying, oh, I got enough money to do this. It was really the need to try to change the lives of, of two individuals. So I was totally focused on that. And you know, they're like, and you know, here's the thing. They're just like two other teens. They grow up, they start doing their things. And all you can do is hope you instill all the things that you gotta instill. And they grow up to be fine human beings. And they are, and I love them both. And I got a son now uh, and love him to death. He was just born recently. So I waited waited till after my career where I felt like I could have time to be there the way that I want to be there for my son. And so I'm excited about that and okay. I'm excited to see what happened to my girls, but I never thought about it like yeah. that, but maybe because of my financial situation, yeah. I, I took that. Well, I think, I, don't know. I
0: think it's kind of like you look at um, uh Maslow's hierarchy needs, mm-hmm. you know, uh, actualization, being able to help and fulfill your higher purpose. Mm-hmm. Well, but it's a pyramid. If you don't take care of your physiological your safety and belonging needs, mm-hmm. all of those things, you can never get there. Absolutely. So it's kind of like expecting a kid to get straight A's at schools when all he hears is gunshots at night. He's mm-hmm. he just concerned about where his next meal coming from and not getting shot. Absolutely. He ain't concerned about his grades. Once you take care of that? So I'm saying that to say you, you it probably wasn't even a consideration, but if you were living in an apartment, if you were struggling to eat, you're gonna, you're, it's going to be where are they going to sleep. i'm gonna feed them i can't feed myself you you mr love you probably
1: right i never thought about the financial side of it i totally went into an ignorant thinking from a total love perspective these are two human beings that i love and i want to give them every opportunity that i can that's afforded to me to give them an opportunity to go out there and make things happen yeah but now i'm gonna have to drive when i leave here i'll be thinking hmm would I have thought about that situation? I honestly think even if I didn't have the financial capability, I would have figured out a way financially to still do what I did. Yeah. But yeah. you've raised a, a pretty good point. Maybe yeah. my, my thought process on that would have been totally different. Yeah. Yeah. But my son now, my thought process is I'm in a more stable economic place and I can have this son and afford the ability to be around him and raise him in the way I want to. Yeah. So that also applies for now I guess and I never thought of it. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it is what it is. Come on, my entrepreneurs, let's work hard. <laughs> but I appreciate the thought. That's 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 definitely something I'm am I'ma take away from this. I, I think in every situation, hopefully even if being interviewed, you can learn something and even learn something about yourself. You know, the big man in the skies, you know the purpose is still being, you know, is growing you. So I'm still, I'm still growing even after all this time. I'm looking for a job. If anybody's looking to hire, (laughs) still looking for a job.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations on your son. Congratulations on a phenomenal career. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing uh, what's next. So of course, we social media age. You want to give your handles or what's next? Uh, The real
1: Mad Hatter. You know, the first thing I learned after I got out of doing what I was doing is that (laughs) I had this a whole bunch of digital real estate and I didn't know how important it was to be on social media and all this. And sometimes I feel like, Oh, I'm still on this because there's people who want to see you win and they're following you because they want to see your wins. They want to see your triumphs. So yes, that is still out there. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I, I'm also at KTSU, they have a station called The Vibe that we created for youngsters, uh, 18 to 34. And I'm the content director there. You have to get the the Vibe app. It's Vibe Houston. It's absolutely free, but we're on 24-7, 365 digitally. But we're on the airwaves of KTSU 90.9 in the evenings from 8 o'clock until 5 o'clock. I hope that makes if you if you get lost on it, just get the app. And I still have my own digital assets. Yeah. There's one called Super Throwback Party, which is a free app. Download that, and one called Classic Joints with the K. Uh, that's an all hip hop, 24/7, 365, playing nothing but classic hip hop. The other one's more of an adult 2554 station that yeah. plays today and yesterday's.
0: So for those that aren't in the Houston region, where can they get the vibe?
1: All that stuff, app, everything is app. Y'all know it's the world we live in. So the apps are available. Just go to your app store, Android, or if you got an iPhone, all that stuff will be in your app store. Or even if you just Googled it, it'll pop up. So super throwback party, uh, classic joint spelled with a K, because it's cool. And then uh, the vibe and this vibe, Houston, all of its apps. And always you can follow me On social media, Instagram, it's The Real Mad Hatter, T-H-E, the M-A-D-D-H-A-T-T-A, The Real Mad Hatter. Follow me there. And all my stuff, it's plugged in right there. But I'm still doing all that, still have the record company, making music, uh, doing a children's book. I'm just always doing something. Oh, wow. But I'm doing a children's book for my son, so I can read read him a book telling him his story, so I can start putting the information in his head about him being ironically, an entrepreneur because that's what I want him to be. I want him, when he graduates, I want him to have the ability, generational wealth is what I'm about and we don't think about that. And as soon as my son was born, I got him an EFT, Mm. invest in it every month because I want his life to be different. I want him, when he gets 18, 19, 20, 21, to be able to say, you know what, dad, I've been doing this entrepreneurial thing. I love doing that and if that's what he wants to do, I want to be able to say, cool, do it. Here's some money right here. Travel, see the world, do whatever you want to do. I want him to have options that I never had and that's what I think we need to start teaching yeah. our kids and sending those generational, we need to start creating generational wealth. I don't think that uh, we haven't had the opportunity. I think we do now so I hope we get better at that. Yeah. And y'all follow me and uh, we can talk more about this kind of stuff and I appreciate you, Mr. Love, for allowing me to be a part no of this. Problem. Thank you. Thank and you congratulations so to you as well too, brother.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Uh, when I came here to Houston, you know, you opened... Uh, your uh, arms rolled out the red carpet uh, and, and I really appreciate your support and we want to thank all of you for tuning in to the Black Money Tree Podcast. Our 20-year celebration is going to be June 23rd to the 25th in Houston, Texas. Boom, building our own marketplace. Go to the texasblackexpo.com. Register, get one of our VIP experience packages Go to blackmoneytree.com. We have all kinds of resources that's geared towards helping you build wealth through entrepreneurship and real estate. So we thank you again for tuning in to the Black Money Tree Podcast, season two. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Black Money Tree Podcast. Don't forget to like and share this video. And if you want more content like this, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you next time.